When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first 2-in-1 removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. A moment to remind you that this month, Film Study is brought to you by Manscaped. Support for this episode comes from Manscaped. Manscaped has the right tools to get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. Um... Go ahead and get check out Manscaped, manscaped.com. Use the code BIRDLAND for 20% off. It's summertime. You need Manscaped. It's the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their perfect package 3.0. It's constantly a number one recommended gift for men. You should check it out. It's getting warm out. You can use it. Use the code BIRDLAND for 20% off at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and get the best tools for the job. And as their slogan always says, your balls will thank you.
Ken McCusick, how are you doing? Uh, I'm joined today by a guest I've really been looking forward to. Talk about running back mortality rates, or death rates as he calls them, in terms of career drop-off by age. Adam Harstad, how are you doing, Adam? I'm uh, doing really good. How about yourself? I got no complaints. We got some technical issues all wrapped up, we hope, and we're hoping we can get through this without any further interruption here. But Adam, uh, tell us about your study for starters. Tell us about yourself a little bit for for starters. Fan of who? Uh, I grew up a fan of the Broncos. I'm at this point, I'm more just a fan of football. I don't really actively cheer for any team anymore. Um, and I'm also a uh, fantasy analyst primarily, so um, less concerned with the the nuts and bolts and more concerned with just the total output um, and, and production and seeing when production is going to come and when it's going to go. All right. Fair enough. Okay, so you write on football guys, and you've written a series of articles about this topic. All positions are included. I wanted to talk about the running backs because I thought they were specifically relevant to the Ravens and their draft of a running back at number two, which is a, a unusual thing for the Ravens not to look into the bargain bin for their running backs. But J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State was uh, one of their highly rated guys, and they got him and uh, wanted to now talk about uh, – this death rate study you have. So please take us through the methodology because I'm dying to hear this. So um, the typical way to look at aging um, in the fantasy, and I think I think the broader NFL community, is something called an age curve, which is this idea that a player enters the league, they improve, they improve, they improve, they reach a peak, they decline, they decline, they decline, then they're out of the league. Um, and this methodology, this way of looking at it, uh, has the strong advantage of improving the quality of decision-making but I've always felt that it has a disadvantage of not actually really matching what we observe. It's not, if you look at NFL careers, they're largely not curve shaped. Um, so a few years back, I built a, a database of every fantasy football season um, for 30 years from 1985 to 2014. And I actually got to test that hypothesis. Do, do NFL careers actually look like you would expect them to look based on aging curves? And one of the things that aging curve suggest is that a player's last NFL relevant season should almost always be worse than his second to last NFL relevant season because players decline, decline, then they're out of the league. Um, and when I looked at and I pulled up the, uh, the uh, players over this 30 year span, I found that actually it was about a 50, 50 shot, whether they were worse in their last year or whether they were better in their last year, which is more what you'd expect if improvement and decline were just randomly distributed. Okay, so this this is a, a, an old topic. Bill James brought this up in the 80s, and one of the things that he pointed out was that, yes, most players, they don't follow the curve exactly. Nobody has to follow the curve exactly. It's more like the average player who for, persists for a certain duration will will follow that curve approximately. But there are players of various levels. And so you start to exclude players who are at the bottom end, who are, who are, the, who are not your best players, by their own natural earlier decline phases. So the people you have remaining, and this is really true in the NFL today, tend to be better players in their 30s. And if you think about it, the way that you have to pay NFL players, they better be better players because you're, you're much better off starting off with a rookie, right? Right. 
And so, so tell us, how does that fit into your to your uh, to your uh, methodology here? Well, to your point, I mean, if you think about the class of 40 year old wide receivers in NFL history, they're phenomenal because it's a group made up of Jerry Rice. Yeah. So like the average 40 year old receiver was really, really good because the average 40 year old receiver was Jerry Rice. Yep. So should we expect all 40 year olds to then be average 40 year olds? No. Well, <laughs> well, if they make it to age 40, odds are very good that they are a phenomenal receiver. I mean, who who are the only guys who even have a shot at making it today? That Maybe Fitzgerald, maybe, I don't know. Um, but so what I looked at it, so since uh, the last year tended to be 50% of the time better, 50% of the time worse, I extended it back. And instead of lining up players by age, I lined them up. I lined up all of their last years and I went back and I, I looked at this trend and I said, I thought if you go further back, does the decline start to manifest itself? And really, no matter how far back you go, you find that improvement and decline is pretty random. It's there's no curve. Uh, instead, what seems to be happening is players seem to improve. They seem to reach their peak and then they pretty much just putter along at that peak. There's some year-to-year -year variation. Some years are better, some years are worse, but they just kind of hang out at that peak until suddenly and usually unexpectedly, they just fall off the cliff entirely. And they're they're basically done overnight as relevant NFL players. Okay, so that aging curve is really an average of a number of players and their immediate drop off the cliff rate. And that's what you're... Right going to tell us about further is how these death rates right now you calculate them right the reason you're seeing a curve is the older you are the more likely you are to just fall off the cliff and there's there's a number of reasons you know calvin johnson just retired in his prime um sterling sharp was cut down by injury there's a lot of reasons why a player could fall off and i'm largely agnostic as to the reasons why they fall fall off but you there's a very strong observable tendency that um, the older a player is, the more likely it is that that he's hit by a meteor and he's just no longer a valuable NFL player. Um, but absent that, if, if that doesn't happen, they pretty much are a good bet to be about as good as they were the year before. All right. So apply this now to running backs in terms of of what you've seen and what do the what do the mortality rates look like and when do they start to become more and more serious? Yeah, so the bust rate um, by year, and again, this is largely from a fantasy perspective. I'm not looking at things like um, efficiency stats. Um, I kind of have a whole rant I could go on, but that's a completely other show about uh, efficiency stats. But just in terms of, of total overall production, um, running backs tend to be pretty stable. There's about a 5 to 10% chance in any given year from basically the time they enter the league and establish themselves as quality players until their mid to late 20s, there's about a 10% chance that they're just not that good that year. Um, but the chances of them essentially being done, um, really, they start ramping up at about 26. Okay, so how did you define the being done? What are you what are you comparing from one year to the previous year? Is it total yardage? Or what, what are you looking at? Well, so I'm again, I'm coming from a fantasy perspective. I'm looking at total production um, and I find fantasy points uh, to be a useful proxy for this, which is it's largely just um, yards divided by 10 plus touchdowns times six uh, different scoring systems. You can add a point for every reception they get. 
the details to me aren't really that important because they all tend to tell the same picture. Um, and I think a lot of people are dismissive of fantasy points, but I think it's actually a pretty good broad strokes proxy for total production. Um, and so how I'm defining catastrophic declines um, is first I'm looking at total fantasy value, which isn't just fantasy points, it's fantasy points over some sort of replacement threshold. Um, and then the decline is relative to their value the year before. So if they're worth 100 fantasy points over some sort of replacement player in one year, and then the next year they're worth 80 points over some theoretical replacement fantasy player, that's not really a decline. That's basically just normal year-to-year variation. I was counting a decline as when their value is falling off by at least 75% year over year. 75%. Okay, so yep. that, that's a death. So most I'm just going to going to hypothesize here that most deaths occur to uh, not being signed is one possibility, right? Because you go to you go to some year to nothing. Yeah. So Le'Veon Bell in his year off could have been considered a death by your system. Yeah, if he um, he he wasn't because he ultimately came back. That was just just a one year bust. But had he not ultimately come back, he would have that would have gone in. Um, as the year of his quote-unquote death or the year he fell off the cliff. Okay, they, so, so that's great. So they can occur, if you, if you think about the sources of this, there would be um, a, a, the player becomes too expensive for his level of production, which is going to be not atypical in the NFL. And it's going to happen a lot to, I guess, fourth-year running backs who were not drafted and fifth-year running backs who were drafted, right? Yeah, although I, I will say, um, because my sample is based on 30 years of history, I uh, originally was based on the years 1985 to 2014, uh, and the bulk of that predates this modern concept of running backs okay, as right. fungible parts. So you didn't see as much, you know, in 1992, teams weren't saying this running back is very good, but running backs in general just aren't valuable, so we will not re-sign him. Back in the 90s, teams were happy to give huge contract extensions to running backs who were productive, even well into their late 20s and early 30s. Okay. So the 2011 CBA, in fact, decreased the free agency period to four years, so this would even had an acceleration of, of some of these concepts. So more recent data might give us a slightly different answer in terms of what this is, but I still love the concept. I, I still love the concept. So once you get past this initial contract, I think this is when, when it starts to get really interesting in terms of players who are on their second contract and how their death rates look. So let's talk about running backs in their late 20s and early 30s specifically. Okay. Um, so prior to uh, age 26, I'd say up through age 25, the idea of, of a player just not being a viable NFL player anymore, that's not really on the radar. Uh, at age 26, 27, 28, there is a chance, um, the observed chance for those three years based on my sample was um, under 7% in all three years. So it's possible, but still unlikely. Um, and there were a couple, uh, Jamal Anderson of the Falcons would be an example, uh, or Dominic Williams. I don't know if you remember of the Houston Texans, their, their first good running back. Um, those were guys who, because of injury at age 26 and 27, were just done. They, they 
didn't really play after that anymore. Terrell Davis is another running back who was basically just done at 27 mm-hmm. um, as a useful NFL player. He hung on for another couple of years, but he wasn't a productive player beyond that. What was what, I don't remember Terrell Davis's situation. What was the reason that he was out of the league? Uh, he uh, he wasn't really out of the league. He tore his ACL in 1999 um, after uh, Brian Greasy threw an interception, and then Denver Bronco fans never forgave Brian Greasy again. Um, but he tore his ACL, and then he kind of hung on. Um, he played in 2000, 2001. I believe he was still on the roster in 2002 when they drafted Clinton Portis, but he just wasn't very good anymore. And um, Mike Anderson and Clinton Portis basically surpassed him and took his workload, and then he retired. Okay. Which All is right, another so- another note of caution with things like this is um, back in 1999, a torn ACL was essentially a career ender. You know, in 2019, a torn ACL is an eight-month setback. Uh, so modern medicine is always changing, but if you look at career lengths, the maximum career lengths don't seem to be getting any longer despite that. Okay, we got Frank Gore out there trying to, trying to of course, beat the right. these higher mortality rates year after year. But I, want, right. I really want you specifically to talk about what's your what is the mortality rate you're observing in running backs that are career mortality rate between say ages 28 and 32 how how you have a you have a 27 year old running back who in his in his fourth year maybe a, or or, or a, maybe in a fifth year if you've signed him to a one year deal from somebody else has produced well what's your risk involved in signing that guy for years 28 for the ages 28 to 31 so 28, uh, the observed risk was pretty low. Uh, it was still about 5%, but at 29, it really starts ramping up. Um, it was about 15 to 25% at 29, 30, and 31. And then it really takes off above 50% by age 32 and up. Okay. And this is this is for a relatively long period. And uh, as you mentioned, there's, there's possibility that this has changed over time with newer thoughts about running back you use the word fungible that's definitely another actuarial term you should you should really consider the profession but uh, but that that uh, if they are uh, truly um, uh, you know you have a you have a risk uh, by age at that level that's actually less than I would have expected that would it was less allow- than I expected too yeah it, it, that was one of my surprises especially at running back um, and coming from fantasy football background, uh, this was back in 2015 when I first did the research. And it was right after that stellar class of 2014 wide receivers. And everybody was saying, you know, wide receivers are it. That's where you want to invest. Wide receivers hold their value. Um, and I was really surprised at just how small the difference in terms of expected years remaining was for running backs versus wide receivers. It was really about for, for running backs and wide receivers of a given age, uh, the difference in expected longevity is about a year, year and a half, two years. So you're at 28. What's your, what's your expectation of still being in the league in terms of years remaining, expected years remaining for a 28-year-old running back? Yeah, if you average together the range of outcomes, and I always put a huge caveat that, I mean, this is a range of outcomes. You could be done at 28. You could play to 36. Neither is extremely unlikely because you're just averaging binary states. But if you had 128-year-old running backs, I would expect on average them, they would get you another 2.2 years. Okay. All right. So, and this is NFL players very aware that Sands are in the hourglass 
on themselves. A lot of it is ability related, though. If you're a superstar running back at age 28, you don't have that same career risk as others at the same age. So you take the best running back at age 28 is going to have a lower mortality rate or, or career death rate, I would think, for the next several years than a guy who's at the midpoint of the group. To some extent, but one thing I like about the methodology is it's sort of self-selecting. Um, if you're looking at 28-year-old running backs, I'm only comparing them to other 28-year-old running backs. So I'm not comparing them to someone like Trent Richardson, who wasn't good enough to make it to 28 in the first place. Um, and that's, then the other thing is, go ahead. I, I, I'm, I'm going to say that's true, but but there's still gradation among the remaining 28-year-olds. So y yes, you're. you're I, I agree with that. You've 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 gotten Bayesian with this and 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 taken the the group that you're starting with as 28 year olds but there's a gradation of those 28 year olds i'm saying the better 28 year olds are the ones who are still going to last longer yes yeah um and that's i mean i think that's the ultimate truth in the nfl is that talent is the great confounder um you know talent correlates positively with every positive outcome we want it correlates positively with production it correlates positively with um, longevity um, and it, it's really you can't really control for talent because if you do you come into a situation where you're saying well Ladanian Tomlinson the the pool of comparable players is two and you can't draw meaningful conclusions from a sample size that small um, but yeah there's there's going to be some range if the average 28 year old running back gets you 2.21 years maybe for a superstar you expect two and a half years maybe from um, someone more like uh, Rudy Johnson or uh, Deuce Staley, you only expect 1.8 years. So all of the 28-year-olds that are in the league today at running back have something to offer. Um, they, they're guys who are on their second contract. They're already making a veteran salary, which is going to be higher than the replacement rookie salary. If I was an NFL GM, I'm always looking to get younger for, for, for multiple reasons. One is I have control over that player for multiple years, as opposed to not having control over him for any period longer than I sign him. And the second is also the th just the theory that you're always paying market value for a player once you get to the end of that first contract. So I, 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 all 28-year-olds who are in the NFL today under the current CBA are going to tend to be well above average running backs just because of the way they're paid, I would, I would right. say. Right. All right. Now, tie this back to the current concept, though, of running backs don't matter, or the fungibility of running backs, if you want to talk about it that way. Um, how how does this conflict with that or how does it agree? How do you how do you find that your theories agree with this or your, your methodology agrees with that? Well, I'll say I to some extent, I'm a little bit at odds with the running backs don't matter movement, not because I disagree with the premise that running backs don't matter especially relative to something like a quarterback, but mostly because I disagree with the way that running backs are singled out. Because I think if you do, you know, a really exhaustive value study, I don't think that you'll find the value of running backs is really substantially less than, say, offensive guards, interior defensive linemen, not named Aaron Donald, um, two down linebackers. I think there are a lot of positions that don't matter at a similar level to running backs. And I always think it feels a little bit unfair to say running backs don't matter when really it should be more, you know, everybody except for quarterbacks and maybe top level pass catchers doesn't matter. 
Right. I, okay. I've, we, we've certainly heard that argument before. Uh, so that's a good one. Um, great. Uh, where do I want to take this from here? So if, 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 uh, if we assume, how, how would you react differently as a general manager, knowing what you do about the decline of running backs or as you hypothesize here with your, your metric? I think one I mean, it's hard. It's it's easy for me to say because things are low stakes for me. I'm not going to lose my job if I get a call wrong, whereas I, I get that GMs are very risk averse because they very likely will. I mean, they, they very easily can lose their job from one bold call that doesn't pay off. Um, but I think part of the advantage of thinking about um, players in terms of mortality rates instead of aging curves is I think I'd be a little bit more aggressive taking a chance on older players because there's a very high risk that that player just busts completely. Um, but also there's, you know, the aging curve doesn't allow for the possibility of somebody like Jerry Rice, who's still going strong at age 40. Uh, but with mortality tables, you can say there's a small but non-trivial chance that this 33-year-old wide receiver or this 31-year-old running back um, actually can still be making meaningful contributions three years from now. It's not, you know, fate accompli that he's going to be out of the league and no longer contributing to my team in a year or two. Okay. So but your your mortality rates by age would give a way to appropriately discount contract values to, to, to look at contract values and say, right. well, if I'm, if I'm stacking the money into the third year, if he gets there, it might be okay. Right. And, and if otherwise I get out of it, but it really, it really makes you want to be careful with your prorated bonus total. Yes. Yeah. And I like the, um, I told you, I, I think I mentioned, I uh, grew up a Denver Broncos fan. Um, and I like the way that they've been doing contracts a lot more under Elway, uh, where instead of signing bonuses up front, they've been doing their guaranteed money in the form of annual roster bonuses. Mm -hmm. And so then it's it's quote unquote guaranteed. The agent and the player get to tout it in the media. Look what a great contract. We got all this guaranteed money. Um, but in reality, if you're not still good when you reach that third year they're going to cut you and they're not going to have to pay you so it's it's guaranteed but it's not really guaranteed and the only difference is they cut you on the beginning of the year league year instead right. of cutting you at on right. september 1st or whatever right all right outstanding stuff now let's let's point people to these articles because as much as we talked about them we can't do them these justice by just our conversation here they actually need to go and look at these charts and look at your various positions and what you've done I, this is some of the most interesting work i've seen in a long time adam where can they find it so it's at uh the website i write for is called football guys it's www.footballguys.com all right, and and how your articles in particular would they look for that? Look for Adam Harstad, or what would they? Yeah, so these um, these are probably archived by now. The nature of fantasy football is uh, current tends to have a lot more currency. Um, I also maintain uh, a blog that has links to all of my writing, um, and probably the easiest way to direct there that's in my Twitter profile. So what's at your, Twitter, what's your Twitter handle. It's at Adam Harstad, and then in my profile, there's a link to a blog. Um, and so these articles in question, uh, it starts with a, an article titled, We're Probably Thinking About Age the Wrong Way. Okay. So Adam Harstad, that's H-A-R-S-T-A-D. 
look for him on Twitter. I think you'll probably get some great conversation. I just started following you today, Adam, so I'm looking forward to it, and I hope we could get, have some good conversations over the uh, coming months. And uh, you're our, no longer a fan of any team, kind of an agnostic about the NFL, more of a fantasy fan of your own fantasy team then? Uh, honestly, I, I – What's the joke that, um, you know, money's just a way of keeping score? I think fantasy football to me is just a way of keeping score. You know, I make predictions and I have expectations about a coming the coming year. And fantasy football is just a way for me to see how well calibrated those predictions were. Um, I just like the puzzle aspect. And I really just like trying to figure out and trying to understand this beast that is the NFL. All right. Well, very cool. Great talking to you, Adam. I appreciate you uh, coming on the show and explaining your methodology to us. And uh, look forward to hearing from you in the future. All right. Thanks for having me. And one other thing, other listeners out there, if you've got a study, something similar to this, of course, we've talked to some great people the last couple of days, but uh, this, is a, this is a really top study. Make sure you go out and see it. If you've done something that's not as terrific, we'd still love to talk to you about it. If you have a theory, we'd love to talk to you about it. And if you just want to talk about some specific element of the Baltimore Ravens, we'd love to talk to you about that. Also, get in touch with me via my Twitter handle, at Film Study Ravens. And we'll talk to you next time. Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery scratcher, Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.